That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Harry had never known so many people to put their names down to stay at Hogwarts for Christmas. He always did, of course, because the alternative was usually going back to Privet Drive, but he had always been very much in the minority before now. This year, however, everyone in the fourth year and above seemed to be staying, and they all seemed to Harry to be obsessed with the coming ball. Or at least, all the girls were, and it was amazing how many girls Hogwarts suddenly seemed to hold. He had never quite noticed that before. Girls giggling and whispering in the corridors, girls shrieking with laughter as boys passed them, girls excitedly comparing notes on what they were going to wear on Christmas night. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted Section, a show in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss the way that the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about today. Chapter 22, The Unexpected Task. Wow, I literally don't even know how to summarize this chapter. (laughs) Um, imagine a bunch of like scared, horny teenagers trying to find dates. I don't know. That's like the whole chapter. I'm going to start my intro, but it's going to take a little getting into. So just let me work up to it. (laughs) Welcome to the restricted section (laughs) where... Should be made illegal. <laughs> Is that a giggle? I feel like that's like an evil villain laugh. I feel like I'm doing it wrong. It sounds like a like a nervous laugh. <laughs> oh, I just swear I'm gonna pass this test. I don't know. What do people get nervous about? I'm like, oh, I'm. I don't know. I get me, nervous about everything. I can't think of one thing now. Let me pretend that Harry Potter has just asked me out on a date. Basically, just like. <laughs> No, it's mean. It comes out mean every time. Yeah. Sorry, Harry. <laughs> like, what if it was like... <laughs> Ooh, that's good. Yeah, I think maybe... Yeah, my voice needs to get higher. Like... <laughs> yeah. No, it just sounds fake. <laughs> well, I am pleased as punch to be joined by my steadfast friend, Layla. Say hello to the listeners, Layla. Hello to the listeners. And I'm really excited because our special guest this week is friend of the pod, the exalted Matt Barger. Say hello to the listeners, Matt. Hello. Exalted. That's very high praise. Oh, yeah. The guests get the best adjectives on this show. Yeah, they really do. Leela's <laughs> just steadfast. She's just always there. <laughs> Indeed. And you've got no adjective. <laughs> I get nothing. People can make their own <laughs> decisions about what adjectives to use to describe me. Ooh, do you really want to open that floodgate? No, keep them to yourself. <laughs> Write them on a piece of paper, cast them into the fire, and never worry about it again. Um, Matt, tell us a little bit about your very hairy history. Like, when did you get into the books? When did you get into the movies? What's up? So I remember when I first got in, I first tried to read Sorcerer's Stone. I could not get past the first chapter because mm. seven-year-old me just wasn't interested in backstory. Yeah, absolutely. I, that totally makes sense. So I came back to it a year later and blew through all of them that were out at the time. 
mm-hmm. and finished all six to the point where I was ready for seven when seven came out. And my dad knows nothing about these books, what they're about at all, but he knows that I read them and like them. And he went out to Barnes and Noble on release day and bought a copy of Deathly Hollows. Wow. Eight year old me. Oh, I love it. I just feel like if you're a parent and your kid is reading at all, you just have to do everything you can. Yes, absolutely. I was the kid in middle school where I was obsessed with the one thing. Everyone knows you're obsessed with the one thing. People would come up to me and I knew I used to know the chapter titles. I used mm. to know every single chapter title. Yeah. For all the books. Yeah. I know a little something about being defined by one single fandom. <laughs> Don't stop sending me the Harry Potter memes. I love them even if I've seen them a hundred times before. So Matt, what Hogwarts house are you? I am a proud Slytherin. Always been a Slytherin. I've always loved it because Slytherin always gets shit on in the books and in the movies because Draco Malfoy is a terrible Slytherin and he's the face of the house. It's true. They are all depicted as evil. And um, I think we've talked before. I don't I don't remember when or where, but about how like, I don't know, it would have been so easy to make like a couple of the cool adult characters Slytherins like they're just there were easy ways. Like, I think we talked about like Kingsley Shacklebolt would have made like a good Slytherin. I think she I think the author realized that when she got to Half-Blood Prince and that's where Slughorn kind of tried to be shoehorned in as a good Slytherin. Wow. Slughorn shoehorn. Foghorn leghorn. (laughs) Yeah, but he's not a good Slytherin. He's just not not an evil Slytherin. Yep, that's exactly what it was. We don't know. An example of a lazy Slytherin, an example of an evil Slytherin. Show us a good Slytherin. Yeah, it's just lazy writing, really. Yeah, that's why we have so many Slytherins on the show, because we're trying to show the world that they're great and they're varied. So, what makes you feel so strongly that you're a Slytherin? Well, one thing is always, you know, every Pottermore quiz is always Slytherin for the mm. past 10 years. That certainly helps you solidify it. Right. Yes. Consistency. Um, no, but, the you know, the big, big, big calling card of the house is ambition. And I have always pushed myself, achieved, aspired for great things, et cetera, et cetera. Cool. Good yeah, for you. Dope. You deserve it. You deserve everything. Well, thank you. <laughs> And now I'm weeping because I love my friends. They deserve so much. <laughs> well, we're so glad you're here. Yeah, we've been friends with Matt for a long time um, through the podcast, and um, we talk all the time. So it's good to finally get you on the show. Absolutely. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah. And just for the record, Matt picked this chapter. So just keep that in mind. I don't want anyone thinking that this was like a punishment. <laughs> I know that um, the discourse in the last chapter um, with our guest, Will Ball, was that I made him come on for this without him um, having any say in the matter. That's true. <laughs> uh, but Matt did pick this chapter. So when we're talking about all the giggling, um, just know that Matt wanted to be here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm stoked you're here because I fucking love these chapters. Me too. I I just love the chapters where Ron and Harry being shitty finally affects them. (laughs) Yeah. I think as a kid, I just really loved, I mean, you know me, I'm just like, I was so horny always. And I just like was, I'm looking for any semblance. I'm like, when is anyone ever going to kiss each other and yes and so you know there was like you know little hints of it they're like oh my god there's there's girls at our school and 
yeah, you know, there wasn't enough for me for sure. But yeah, man, I, I just finished reading a book where the main character used my favorite line to make out. If you want to make out with someone, here's my favorite line. What? Here's what you say. You say, do you want to make out? And it works almost 100% of the time. And I just read this book and the main character, they were having like this weird, shitty conversation. And she's just like, fuck, what do I do next? And she's like, uh, do you, I don't know. Do you want to make out, dude? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Young, young men are particularly simple. <laughs> um, well, it was complicated. They were like dead and they were like in purgatory and stuff. Anyway, I'll get to my plug later. Um, so this chapter is... Goblet of Fire, Chapter 22, The Unexpected Task. And that task is asking a girl out. Because this is a very hetero book series. There's no there's no alternative yeah, path. There's no other <laughs> option. There's no other option. So the chapter starts with Harry and Ron fucking around in Transfiguration. They're, I'm so sorry, having a wand fight. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the least hetero things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like, you know, the they finally just now made up. And so it's like they're almost like making up for lost time. They're just like so stoked to be with each other every second that they're like, every second we're together. We got to make it count. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, they're just annoying to everyone else now instead of each yep. other. <laughs> yeah, at least they have each other, though, you know. I, don't know, I just I love how you know they just have these fake wands. They don't I talk know. about why they got them. You know, why yeah. did Fred and George just them. give them away? <laughs> what is it? It's a, do you th- a rubber. Do you think Ron haddock? and Harry have to report back with how they worked? Ooh, yeah, or maybe um, it's like uh, how companies will send stuff to like Instagram influencers, and you're supposed to just like publicly use the product. So maybe they're like, "Here, Ron and Harry, go fight publicly <laughs> with this, so it looks good." But the best the best part is when McGonagall catches them and yells at them, they're not wands anymore. I know. They're what are they? Does anyone have the book in front of them? One turns a, into like a bird. It's a parrot and a haddock. What's a haddock? A fish. It's a fish. Ew. It's a little <laughs> fish. But it says plastic haddock, right? It's a rubber haddock. Oh, rubber. I imagine it being, yeah, rubbery. Like it like inappropriate. <laughs> like maybe floppy. Okay. Well, it does flop because <laughs> McGonagall sends them a dirty look and the head of his haddock just drops on the floor. <laughs> um, a haddock is from the true cod family, which apparently there's like true cods as opposed to like false cods. <laughs> we don't, don't worship your false cods. Worship false cods. <laughs> That is, I'm sorry, I'm dying from laughter. That is a great <laughs> joke for so early in the episode. I'm proud of you guys. We both wow. came to it at the same time. Yeah, right. no, that was beautiful. Did. That was a beautiful comedy moment. I'm crying. <laughs> so McGonagall is like, could you not? I have something to say. The Yule Ball is approaching. Uh, y- it, it's a tradition. Um, and you have you ha- you should really go basically is what she says and you're gonna dance and you're not gonna act like a dumbass um matt did you go to your high school dances i went to one homecoming and one prom and that was it okay did you get like a junior and a senior prom 
Yeah, we get junior and senior prom. I went to junior year. That'd be the one we hosted our class put on. Oh, I see. And then my senior year, I just didn't go. Oh, because the don't juniors like throw prom for the seniors or whatever? Yeah, juniors juniors put on the prom and that they fund it, set it up on all that for Weird. the seniors. And then you're a junior, so you get to go because your class put it together. I see. Oh. I see. My school was too big for that shit. We only got a senior prom. Leela, did you go to your school dances? Um, yeah, I went to all my homecomings. Um, and then I only went to one prom because for my senior prom, my boyfriend dumped me two weeks before. So Aww. Wow, I that sucks. I had a Mary Kay party instead. <gasps> Whoa, Leela. <laughs> I didn't host it. My, I, we knew my mom's friend sold Mary Kay, and she came and did me and my other sad friends makeovers. Layla, what you should really be a Mary Kay saleswoman for Halloween or something. I think that would be an adorable costume. Well, I actually was one in real life. Um, briefly, you have, did you wear an outfit like Edward Scissorhands' mom person? There, I did have like a, um, like a kind of like a smock type thing you know with oh, a, a smock maybe that's not the right word but like a jacket a flop like a loose flowy jacket that had said like a doctor's jacket yeah so for sure like a doctor's jacket that said like mk and pink on it or something yeah wow, it turns out that. turns out i um hate sales and um yeah no, none of my friends have enough money and so all that, but I get it. You get a 50% discount as a salesperson. <laughs> Have you guys seen the, uh, uh, the essential oils episode of Bob's burgers? Ah, uh, no, it, it's like a multi-level marketing thing. Yeah. You yeah. Know. <laughs> Actually dad's helping move a bed and mom's at an essential oil party. <gasps> what? Your mom's at an essential oil party? Yes. Oh, we gotta get your mom out. She needs an oil venture. I went to many of my high school dances. I am a very social person. And as much as I was also anti-establishment, I did not want to miss anything. I think I tended to have fun. I have like a vivid memory of getting turned on for the first time ever at my freshman year. Uh, uh, I think it was the snowball. Ooh, was it the grinding that did it? It was the grinding that did it. And yeah. I that was like an explosive night because I went with my boyfriend, David, now gay, and he wouldn't dance with me because he was so self-conscious because he was gay and, and you know, he was with me. Um, so instead, I danced with his best friend, Rory, now gay. Um, but he had a great time because he's like, you know, the kind of gay person who could have a great time dancing <laughs> with girls. And um, yeah, just a transformative, transformative little moment for me. And then my the only other dance I really remember is my prom, which was terrible. I, like friends got mad and my boyfriend was abusive and my mom made me buy a dress I didn't like. And it was just like a nightmare. And I regret everything. Yikes. I mean, I gotta be. I mean, like, I feel like school dances are just generally not that fun. You're just like so awkward. You know what I mean? You're like, or at least I was. I was like, you know, had all these visions of like some boy like asking me to dance and like, I don't, what, I don't know what I even would have done if they had asked me. Like, I don't know how to fucking dance. And also, my church, um, what at the time was, uh, very anti grind. Very, very right, anti-grind. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, they gave us all pictures of um, one of the Sunday school teachers' husbands that with his face going like this. 
and then it said no grinding underneath it and it was it framed. was like a it was like a, a stern McGonagall type finger wagon face yeah they're for like, the listener anytime you want to grind just think of mr hayden's face ew wow yeah that that did the trick for me <laughs> <laughs> well good for mr hayden i guess yeah i guess this is his legacy <laughs> <laughs> The rest of the class leaves, but McGonagall wants a private word with Harry. Sorry for my intermittent pauses. I'm smoking a joint, which is not ideal Ooh. for podcasting because you uh. have to keep smoking it or it goes out. <laughs> That's risky. But this is what I have. <laughs> Half of the joint I smoked in the woods earlier today. Oh, nice. Smoking in the woods made me feel... i sorry, I went on a hike earlier and I smoked a joint in the woods. It makes me feel like I'm fucking 15 again. Just like going so deep into the woods that no cops would dare to find me there. My parents would never hike that far, smoking a joint. That's what a bunch of my friends and I did on prom night, senior yeah. year. We just nice. went out to this field. A field, just smoking a joint in a field. Yep. What a vibe. I almost miss, <laughs> like, having to be sneaky. Like, I miss when smoking weed was, like, <laughs> an effort. So kind of like doing it in public. Like, it's, like, the risk of, like getting caught is like kind of what makes it so fun yes because otherwise it's like not that comfortable but you know (laughs) i know i was smoking on this hiking trail like just off this hiking trail today and i was like so nervous and i was like what if someone passes and then i was like first of all you're 30 years old second of all this is legal now it is legal you're just doing something super normal and and okay (laughs) and i was like well that's weird (laughs) it's still like a taboo activity though you know Depending on who walks past, I yeah. feel like in the Richmond area, you'd be hard pressed to find someone who's like inclined to to meddle in a situation like that. Like one lonely girl listening to an audiobook, smoking a joint by a lake. <laughs> yeah, it's like I think she she needs this time, you know. Yeah. Every time I bring up the, this story, I'm just gonna add like one more detail to paint this picture. <laughs> um, McGonagall explains to Harry that he literally has to have a date and they literally have to dance together. Um, The champions traditionally open the ball, which is a phrase I learned from Pride and Prejudice, which means dance first so other people can dance after. Like at the wedding, your first dance is like opening the ball of your wedding. It's a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. And that's why all my friends at their weddings do either really dumb dances or uh, do like a routine. Or my friends Matt and Maria at their wedding did a dance routine and that was amazing. Oh, wow. That's super cool. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, we're cheesy. We, ju- we, st- we just slow dance together. Actually, I didn't really mind it, actually. I like attention, so it's fine. But yeah. With the classy kind of wedding where sn- slow dancing is like really appropriate, though. Hi, Jason. Oh, my God. He heard himself. What? <laughs> he heard us talking about him. Uh, no, he just got home from the grocery store. Why does his hair look so floppy? He looked like Justin Bieber. I know (laughs) he is running out of product. (laughs) (laughs) Is is it usually so voluminous because of product? Yeah. Interesting. I thought. No, he looks great. Okay. Hi, Jason. Bye, Bye, Biebs. Okay. Um, He shut the door for Leela. Thank you so much for making sure our audio situation is ideal, Jason. It's true. I just was. Oh no, he shut Pam in with me. She's gonna panic. She's gonna panic. my door always has to be cracked because of the cat situation. Um. Anyway, I f- keep, feel like I keep getting derailed. But wow. This yeah. Is sorry. Perhaps the chapter to do it with. Yeah. Okay. Harry's like, I'm not going to fucking open the ball with a date, dude. I'm not doing that. But McGonagall is, as always, more firm in her insistence <laughs> than anyone else. Okay. How do we feel about this being mandatory for Harry? I mean, it sucks. But I, it, like she said, it's tradition, you know. 
Tradition. Okay, but like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess it's like not the worst thing in the yeah. world. Yeah. It's Especially e- since you could literally right now be like, can you please teach me what I'm supposed to do like right this second? Yeah. Like, if, if he doesn't know how to dance. I think it's just, it's not, it's poor communication because that whole dancing scene, that was just for the movie, right? Like the um, uh, McGonagall dancing with Ron. With McGonagall? Yeah. Yeah. That was just the movie. Yeah, I feel like I even learned that that was pretty much like ad libbed, like made up on the spot in the <laughs> HBO special. I might be wrong about that. No, you're absolutely right. That's what yeah. they said. I think they were just like, uh, what's her, what's her name? Maggie Smith. Go go handle this scene. And she was like, awesome. <laughs> Who looks awkward? The thing is that like I keep being like, there's no way Harry can handle this. But I'm thinking about like the shyest, most anti spotlight person I know in the entire world. My husband Sean. And like, you, you can just like do like you just make yourself do it, and it's like, I feel like he could muster the strength to do this. I don't know, Matt. What do you think about having this be mandatory for Harry? On the one hand, it sucks for him because he didn't volunteer. That's the thing I always come back to with a lot of the stuff that happens mm. based on the tournament. He didn't volunteer to do it, so right? He's kind of getting you know he's getting the short end of the stick on it, but. It's one dance. It's probably three minutes at most. And then you can just dick off. Yeah. It's no big deal. So, yes, you fought a dragon. You're doing all this other stuff. You fight (laughs) Voldemort every year after your exams. Rise to the conscious of your education. What does he say? That line's kind of that's that line's really cute. He said that he'd rather fight the. Yeah, I think it's on the same page. Yeah. I never have the book in front of me because I read the illustration illustrated editions and they're huge. simply too big for my desk. Um, but I want to get a double computer screen situation going on on my desk so I can have the book pulled up on one screen. Yeah, I I can't. A, I don't see a it. week ago. Harry would have said finding a partner for a dance would be a cinch compared to taking on a Hungarian horn tail. But now that he had done the latter and was facing the prospect of asking a girl to the ball, he thought he'd rather have another round with the horn tail. So that's that right there is the summary of this entire chapter. I should have j- <laughs> yeah. just read that. And maybe I did <laughs> in the intro to this episode. Wow. Okay. So basically in some, he shouldn't have to do this, but he also could embrace it a little bit more. Yeah. I, I, I think he makes it harder on himself than it needs to be because he focuses so much on not wanting to do it. Yeah. And for being incapable of asking a girl out. Honestly, on this reread, I think more than like ever before, I'm, I really see that Harry has it, like an anxiety problem. Um, he just like his whole life is just like sitting around being like super worried. And I just feel bad for him. He's just like always so stressed and he feels so helpless. And I'm like, dude, I wish I could help you. Yeah, I wish anybody would. Like, I just again, again I feel like this dumb kid like these dumb little boys are they don't they need instruction about this type of stuff hermione does as much as she can but she can't do that much (sighs) she can't put up with that much yeah (laughs) well it's like mcgonagall should be able to see that you know harry is uncomfortable with the prospect of dancing and opening the dance and offer to teach him how to dance 
It is not that difficult. Or just I'm sure there are tons anything. of kids who need to learn how to dance. I feel like if I was McGonagall in this situation, I'd be like, let me teach you exactly what you're going to do. I would teach him how to slow dance in a circle, like very normally. And then I would be like, here's a list of girls I recommend you ask. Yeah. Literally, I would be like, here's who you should approach. First of all, you should talk to your friend Hermione, because if she'll just come with you, that would be great. And then after that, go in this order. <laughs> yeah. And even like this is here's some things. Here's how you could approach it. Like, here's what you could say like here's how you should say it <laughs> just give him any tools write it out for him yeah it's just like no one is ever trying to help him and like it's like if well if McGonagall's not going to help him then there's no one to he's help done. him yeah. yeah he's just so so we we enter this montage where he just like sets off to find a date I guess Ron's suggestion is the best to lasso women to lasso one <laughs> Yeah, they so okay, quote, it was amazing how many girls Hogwarts suddenly seem to hold. And they the boys are realizing that they move in packs, which like can confirm they do move in packs. They That's do the move in her mechanism. <laughs> they do move in hurts. Well, you know why they move in packs, because Hermione didn't move in a pack, and what happened? She got attacked by a troll in the bathroom. Ooh, wow. wow, and um a basilisk the next year. Damn. That was her own fault because she ran off. That's true. Never run off. (laughs) Well, at Hogwarts or anywhere. You got to move in packs. (laughs) Buddy system for life. Yeah. Ron's like, let's last. (laughs) Which is amazing because I don't know, man. It's just so ridiculous. It's the kind of humor. I think in the last chapter, there was um, a line about (laughs) maybe the second task is uh, having to attack Percy in the shower because that's what, like, the wailing sound from the egg sounded like. There's all (laughs) these, like, one-liners in these books that are, like, so fucking funny and catch you (laughs) off guard. I would probably approach this, just me personally, with Fred's technique of just asking publicly. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's just, (laughs) if you just are like, hey, wait, do you like me? You want to hang out? It's all in the open. And then if they're like, nah, you're just like, oh, that's fine. Sorry. And then it's over forever. Yeah, but it's still kind of gutsy. I mean, like, I don't know. You gotta have balls to get ahead in this world. Wait, no, you gotta have guts. Exactly. But, and I don't want to, and plus, like, I I would not be able to handle that type of public rejection as a young, a young person, let alone myself now. I guess as a young person, but like, I just feel, I just say everything about myself immediately all the time anyway. It's just, I just might as well. Yeah. I, so far in my life, just asking for things has, has mo- for the most part gotten them for me. So you, I think everyone should just try just asking for things more. That is my personal tip. That's going to be the thesis of my business self-help book I write. Hi, dad. Can I please have $10,000? <laughs> no. What do you mean? No. What's happening is that. Harry wants to invite Cho to the ball, but she makes him nervous and he has an anxiety problem. So he like can't really figure that out at all. But he he's not think he doesn't he doesn't want anyone else either. So he's just like, what's it called? Like hydroplaning in like stress right now, trying to figure out what to do next. <laughs> Girls start approaching Harry to go to the ball. Girls he's never spoken to. Okay, one of them is literally taller than him. Can you imagine the audacity? I just love that there are, you know, girls willing to ask a guy out. Dude, you gotta, you gotta go get what you want. 
Oh, I have a question. Who do we think the curly-haired third-year Hufflepuff girl was? Interesting. I don't feel like we know any Hufflepuffs. No, I'm just trying to think of Puffs and, like, the the play and who it could have been. I think all of those Puffs were the same year as Harry, or, like, most of the random Puffs. Yeah, I don't think play. we get any named Puffs that are in the year below. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to name her Amelia. Okay. Amelia. Props to Amelia. Yeah. He said it, no. It takes goods. He said no so fast to Amelia. I know. Before he said, so what it's does he brutal. say? Before sometimes he brutal. Even... Sometimes when you just say something and you realize as it's coming out of your mouth that it's incredibly mean, but it's too late to stop. <laughs> that's, the, that's exactly what it is. He, he says no before he can even think about what was just said to him. It's like a defense mechanism. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> We're still in like this little montage. Rita fucking Skeeter has not yet published this article about Hagrid. So we have this like anxiety weighing over us. She interviewed him. Um, apparently she only wanted to hear about Harry. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Um, but Hagrid just talked a lot about himself, which is probably going to be fine. We're probably never going to hear about that again. Okay. So then it's like the end of term. And we sort of like land on one night in the common room. Hermione is pushing Harry to like get to work figuring out the egg situation, the screaming egg situation. Wow, what a good friend who doesn't want you to die. The thing is, never not be honest with Hermione because she she needs all the information to work at like peak performance, you know? And like, come, why is he so weird about her? Like, he could just let her help. I know you you guys already talked about this, but like. No, but it's true. It's true forever. Why Why is he, like, doing this weird, like, oh, mom, get off my back? Like, I don't understand. Why does the narrative know. hate her so much? I'm sorry. So this is the Ron effect. The Ron effect being back as Harry's friend is giving him something to do instead of work, work it out with Hermione. Interesting. If Ron was still gone, Hermione would have gotten her way and they would have worked on the egg. Mm. Wow, Ron's holding him back yet again. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, he should definitely be working on the egg situation. It's Christmas break, so, like, I kind of get why he doesn't want to. But you should at least, like, think about it. You should at least, like, talk about it. But he doesn't. Also, um, the uh, day that the of the next task, it says February 24th. That's my birthday. All cute. Okay, Fred and George asked Ron to borrow pig widgeon i can't say that too fast it's like it looks so much cuter on the page i think than when i try to say it in my mouth yeah i always say pidge widgeon pidge widgeon okay that's a better pronunciation what how do you pronounce it matt I, it's pig widgeon okay pig the, if, widgeon. if the shortened nickname is pig yeah it's got to be pig widgeon okay that also it's sounds true. like the kind of thing that 12 year old jenny would come up with as a cool name Oh, it is like, a cool you, name. She read, she read it somewhere and liked it. Yeah, I like it. Um, okay, but but Pig is off with Siri- a letter to Sirius, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they sent it off after the first task, after Ron and Harry reunited. They're just kind of like talking shit about the Yule Ball. Um, the twins are like, you have to get a date. <laughs> this is like really what we should be worried about right now, guys. Okay, Fred is like, I'm taking Angelina. Don't even worry about it. Ron's like, what did you ask her? And then Fred is like, oi, Angelina. (laughs) 
I fucking love it, dude. Oi. <laughs> she says, yes, like this is the perfect way to ask me personally as a human being to the ball. Like, let everyone know loud and clear that you're into me and I will match that enthusiasm. She she looks him up and down and says, all right. <laughs> Would this move work on you, Matt? Absolutely. Layla, how about you? With like a like a handsome, popular, cool boy like him, yeah. But mm-hmm. like, imagine if it was someone you didn't like and they just did that to you publicly. That's true. That's it. W- it would definitely work though if a cute if a cute football player asked me to a dance. I would totally <laughs> say yes to him. Yeah, for sure. You would have to uh, if you got asked by somebody you didn't like. You would have to just turn it into a joke. You'd have to just be like, "Haha, good one." Haha, <laughs> you go out to the. <laughs> Uh, no, you are. <laughs> Hello? You know, I don't know. <laughs> so Ron is being like kind of annoying. Ron makes it really clear that he wants someone hot at all costs. And like, damn if it isn't always the most undeserving guys who feel like they deserve some incredibly hot and cool catch of a woman. Typical male vagrant. It's like who? Why? Do, what gives him the nerve? I don't understand the audacity. I have no idea. Maybe he has too many brothers, dude. I guess. He didn't get any of the charm or, like, charisma of his older Weasley's brothers. Weasley's ran out of charm. <laughs> They're fresh out of charm. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's gross. Um, So the, there's more montage after that. The school's being, like, decorated. The boys are struggling, struggling, always struggling. And Peeves is singing rude Christmas carols inside the armor. <laughs> yeah. So the ar- the armor has been bewitched to sing Christmas carols, but doesn't know all the words. So Peeves <laughs> hides and, and like contributes uh, dirty words to fill in those gaps. It's so A funny. lovely detail. It's, it's a, so, it is, it is. Funny. It's funny, A, that they don't know all the words. Like, why? And then. <laughs> why did your spell not work? <laughs> What's wrong with your spell? Like, did you, you can come fix it. Like, nope, it's just like this. And then. And then it's also very funny that Peeves is just like fucking with everybody as per usual. Yeah. Maybe, you know, that Hagrid is usually the one who does a lot of the castle decorating, honestly. So maybe like he used his umbrella and did some shitty magic to make (laughs) the the armor do Christmas carols. So the spell didn't take very well, but he still thought it was like pleasant. (laughs) Huh. Or maybe it was he cast the spell. Whoever cast the spell f- heard it work for the first like line, thought it was fine, and went off, not realizing <laughs> that it hadn't worked. We need better quality assurance here. Okay, so one day, I wish I knew like what date this was. Like, I'm guessing maybe it's December 21st or 22nd. They're like extremely desperate. Yeah, it's got to be real, real close up to it. I would. It's like the four or five days before the ball. Yeah, Ron makes them swear that they'll both have dates by the end of the day. After Harry suggests he could take Boning Myrtle as a last resort. <laughs> <laughs> she would have loved that. She, and that would have oh, been she, making she loves him. a statement. Yeah. It would have been great, honestly. I think that would have been very dramatic of him. Like, it definitely <laughs> would have made a statement. I don't know. That might have embarrassed McGonagall a little bit, though. She specifically asked them, the, the Gryffindors, not to. Honestly. Honestly, I wish that Harry had been able to ask Luna Lovegood this year, but oh. she hasn't been invented yet. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Because she would have just at least made it like a, a silly, lighthearted affair. Yeah, she would. Well, that's what she does in Half-Blood Prince. She's that, she's like, she's that friend that you just, you know where you stand. You're just friends and you're going to have a great time. Yeah. All Andrew. 
<laughs> That's what I'm thinking about right now. <laughs> totally. So Harry like sees Cho throughout the day, but she's always surrounded by friends because she is popular <laughs> and she has lots of friends. So finally, I really, okay, like maybe like last chapter or the chapter before or whatever, he tried to get Cedric on his own and like split his bag. So he had to like stay behind from his friends. And for a split second, I really thought Harry was about to pull that move again on Cho to get her on her own. <laughs> But he doesn't. He's just like, hey, can I talk to you? And all of the girls are giggling. Like, what? (laughs) Like, I definitely was like a giggly teenager, but like, not like this. Like, what what is going on here? I don't know. I bet it's meant to be because, you know, we've got Harry as this unreliable narrator. So I I would imagine they seem to giggle more than they probably actually Mm. do because it's 14 year old boys perspective. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Harry's thinking to himself that giggling should be made illegal, <laughs> like very dramatically. <laughs> like imagine a world in which giggling is illegal. Harry is such a dramatic little shit. Yeah. yeah. We know this. It's true. Yeah. I would die immediately in, the, in a world <laughs> such as that. Yeah. Okay. So he, I mean, we all know how it goes. He asks her like very quickly. He's like, one go bone. It sounds like the way it's written, it looks like it's like a New York accent. I couldn't <laughs> stop looking. Won't go, won't go ball with me. <laughs> I'm walking here. <laughs> um, she doesn't understand him, and then yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> he, has to, he has to ask again, which is like the most terrible, awkward thing ever. Um, but she's already going with Cedric. <laughs> no. Honestly, bold move by Harry to ask her who's taking her after being rejected. Good for him. He needs to have a little more audacity with these kinds of things, I think. So I'm proud of him for asking. But like, absolutely. If they say, you know, she's super popular and and pretty, like, why why would he not assume? Like, you got to get, I know that he has anxiety, but like, he didn't gotta get in there. He hadn't even considered that she might already have a date. Like it seemed like yeah. that possibility hadn't even emerged in his brain. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. He just like doesn't. He doesn't have any idea. Like he has no clue. <laughs> he has no clue. Um. So it's extremely awkward. And Harry goes back up to the common room. <laughs> he goes up to sulk. Because he knows that everyone's going to be at dinner and is like, I'm going to go be alone. Yes, he, and it that doesn't is true. work. So Ron is also not okay. Ron is ashen faced, like <laughs> sitting in a corner, and Ginny is like whispering tenderly to him. Ron has asked Fleur Delacour to the ball, and he did not even wait for an answer. He just <laughs> ran away. <laughs> Typical Ron move. Like, if you get that for you, at least have to stand and receive the answer. You have to. You can't do. You can't just run away, Ron. But he yelled at her, right? Isn't that what it says? Yeah, he says. Where is it? Uh, There's. It's Ginny's got that line in the movie. Sort of shouted at her. Actually, shouted at her. He sort of shouted at her. Actually, (laughs) the book. He's like, I don't know what came over me. Like he was like hypnotized. I bet that's what it is. Is that she? You know. Fleur's got the you know passive allure magic that just Fleur's hit allure. Ron because Ron <laughs> is simple-minded yeah. and 
Yeah. He just spills it out and then <laughs> easily hypnotized. <laughs> and then it comes reality just crashes down on him and he's like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, bail, bail, bail. <laughs> abort, <Okay>. abort. <laughs> so Harry is like, I also asked Cho to the ball, but she's going with Cedric. Um, it says Jenny suddenly stopped stopped smiling. Is that like why is that because she has a crush on Harry? Uh yes. Yeah, I, I guess. That, like, that'd be my interpretation. Here? I do th- I think it's part partly the crush, and also the other part of it's probably she's like, Well, I could have gone with him. Yeah, right. Like, so he's he doesn't have anyone yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because she accepted Neville's invitation. Um, because she didn't think she would get to go because she's too young to go. So she's like, yeah, anyone who's old enough to ask me, yes. But I bet that Ginny, book Ginny, is the kind of straightforward bitch who would just walk right up to Harry and be like, would you like me to, like, can I come to the ball with you? Oh, book Ginny absolutely would. Yeah, I I think she should have done it sooner. I think we learn about this. We hear her talk about it more in other books where Ginny in like, this book and the next book is where she's really just trying to be her own person, not worry about her crush on Harry. It's still there, but she's trying to do other things around it mm-hmm. and just, you know, live her life. Yeah. Um. Okay. So let the rest, this whole chapter is like, so it's like very like Degrassi. Ron <laughs> shares that Neville asked Hermione who said she's already going with someone, but Ron is certain that Hermione just told Neville that excuse to avoid going with him. Because if he can't get a date, surely she can't get a date. But I would so much, I mean, 14-year-old me would have vastly preferred Hermione, I think, to either of these two gentlemen. Oh, absolutely. So then enter Hermione. And then Ron's like super cavalier, like, oh, my God, Hermione, you should go with one of us. But she's like, I do actually already have a date. And they fight about that. Hermione, you are a girl. Yeah. Like, how did you think that was going to work, even if she didn't have a date? What an idiot. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah, it's bad. (laughs) I just uh, reread Pride and Prejudice, and it's kind of like the same spirit as Darcy's like original proposal speech, where he's just like, "Everything about this sex, will you please join me?" And she's like, "No, no." (laughs) He's like, "Your family's awful. You're like okay looking, I guess." Um, Everything about this is a disgrace. You're poor. Anyway, um, marry me. I love I love that book. So yeah, Ron, Ron and Hermione, they you know they flirt and fight. fight we get flirting. my favorite adverb in Hermione's response. She said acidly. Mm. I love that. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I can picture. I know exactly how that sounds. Yeah, I love it. That's a great word. I also love that her eyes flashed dangerously. <laughs> I know exactly what that would look like. <laughs> that's the see she is sick of their shit dude she's really letting it loose okay so then ron is like well fine jenny you just go with harry jenny's like no i'm actually going with neville and then she like immediately pieces out is she embarrassed i think she's like she's like i'm going with neville but like god damn it fucking neville i could have gone with harry (laughs) 
I think yeah. that's exactly what it is. She's like, fuck me. I could have gone with Harry. I don't want to be around this. Oh, <laughs> um, that's okay, though. Neville's nice. Like, you're going to have a good time. Yeah. And I think they do. It's implied that they have a good time in the books because he practices. I mean, in the movies, because he's like practicing his dancing, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, in, in the movie, like Neville's Neville's the last one back in the common room. Right. He comes back right at after midnight. He's dan- yeah. They danced and stayed the whole night. So me and Neville was a great date, better than Harry or Ron. Yeah. I I like have a hard time like enduring how awful Harry and Ron are in the next chapter. Yeah. This is the next chapter, right? Let me scroll. I think down. so. Yeah, it is. The Yule Ball, yeah. That's yep. the next chapter. It's my intro starts with it's the Yule Ball, motherfuckers. <laughs> so this we're doing like the Hail Marys right now. Parvati and Lavender enter. Okay. Li- Here's like a, a here's like a a fourteen year old girl's worst fear that a boy looks at you and thinks quote the time had come for drastic action <laughs> unquote because Harry's just like I'm <laughs> the time has come for drastic action and he just like approaches his very normal nice classmate <laughs> Parvati and asks her to the ball like I I don't see how that's a drastic action. Also, why does Pravati not have a date at this point? She seems like a fairly popular girl. For popular and pretty. Yeah. Maybe she was hoping Harry would ask her. Ooh. I honestly wonder if just about every girl in their year was hoping Harry would ask her. Or maybe like Parvati, Lavender, Seamus, and Dean all like banded together and we're like, we're not going to have dates. We're going to go as like single friends. And then slowly... Make out through the no night. slowly the pack <laughs> dissolved and they all got dates. Well, yeah, because yeah. we know Lavender and Seamus are going together. Oh yeah. yeah, they do say that. I have that in my notes right here. Also, <laughs> well, whatever. Um, Parvati giggles furiously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right that that's probably like Harry's like lens on the situation. Yeah. She's probably giggling shyly. Yeah, like a shy like little. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> like a very demure little giggle in his brain. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like the wicked witch of the <laughs> Oh God! Uh, and he's like, "That's this is drastic." Like <laughs> this is drastic. <laughs> um, but she accepts. She accepts his drastic offer, and then he he. Is like lavender. Please go with Ron, please. And okay, so what if that had happened? Do you think they would have clicked sooner? Do you think like book six was like a right time, right situation? situation? Uh, book six was right time, right situation. All that Ron in book four is not ready to click with any girl. I think you're right. I just i i i think he gains some maturity in Order of the Phoenix, especially. Mm-hmm. But you know, through when the end of Goblet real. of Fire too. So by the time yeah. he gets to Half Blood Prince, he's a bit more of a functional human being. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah, you're right about that. he's a hot jock by Half Blood Prince. Yeah, that's true too. These are all great points. Harry lowers his voice and he's like, "Do you literally know anyone who will go with Ron? Please, <laughs> like, I really need you to tell me." <laughs> Honestly, Harry, great friend. He's not doing a great job of being a wingman. <laughs> no. He he could talk him up like a tiny bit, maybe. 
Yeah. Um, Parvati suggests her twin sister, Padma, who's in Ravenclaw. And the last sentence of this chapter is Harry hoping that Padma's nose is dead center because of a comment Ron made earlier in the chapter. Poor Eloise Midgen. She always gets shit on by the trio. I know. And Mostly every time Ron. I just always think it should be shat upon. You know what I mean? Just make it a little more dignified. <laughs> shat is more dignified than shitting. No, like, but upon. Shat upon. <laughs> See, it sounds cute. Well, that's the end of the chapter. Is there anything that you want to like? like point at one more time or something we didn't mention or any themes to drive home matt there was the was the one thing i wanted to point was when when fred and george come to ask to borrow pigwidgeon ron asks the incredibly stupid question of why do they want to borrow his male owl (laughs) and fred comes in with a perfect response of he wants to ask him to the ball (laughs) Very cute. But also, I think Pigwidgeon would be really cute just perching on your shoulder as part of your outfit. That'd be a great way to pick pick up a date. Yeah. You just carry around a small starter. little owl on oh my your God. shoulder. Yeah. There's, there's someone here in Richmond who walks around with their parrot, parrot on their shoulder, yeah. I think, around yeah. Carytown. So you can normalize <laughs> it. I always say hi to the bird and the gentleman. As you should. The other, qu- other question I always think about when i read these chapters about the ball you know they've got the eight you have to be fourth year or up to go do you think they dropped it because harry got shoehorned in as a champion and it was going to originally be for sixth and seventh years only interesting like make it actually for adults i i was thinking i would probably do fifth sixth and seventh years because like 15 to me feels like almost grown you can drive in america and they also do like their OWLS that year. So that I was thinking like, yeah, 14 feels young. Yeah. I, 13 is like, forget about it. Yeah. It's a mood killer for the 17 year olds who are trying to get down. Exactly. But imagine how much it would suck to not, because it, it's, it seems like extremely like a very fun party, the way they depict it in the films. Like it, it seems like so oh, yeah. fun and I would be livid. If I was like in this castle and I could probably like hear it and like, I couldn't be there. Well, yeah. For those people who couldn't go home. Yeah. I would imagine most people who didn't get a date would just go home, but there'd certainly be some who couldn't. And what did they, they just spend Christmas evening alone Alone in their dormitory. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, Leila, did you have any final thoughts? You don't have to, it's not required. I think I, I pretty much, I think I pretty much said everything except there. I just noticed that there was like at least three Quidditch references in this non-Quidditch chapter. Um, yeah, there are in every yeah, non-Quidditch and chapter. I was, that's, some, that's something like kind of new that's happening in this book. I see. I was like, yes, it is. And I, I just was thinking about the episode before this one that came out that's where you were talking about just like. I don't understand it if it's not about Quidditch. Like, the answer must be Quidditch. He's like, yeah. <laughs> you have to be able to divide it into Quidditch. She loves to reference Quidditch in this made up sport that she <laughs> has. She just yeah. doesn't like to actually write a game. Yeah. <laughs> because she did it and realized, oh, this is awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a nonsense sport. Matt, 
what was your favorite like conversation in this chapter? Because there was a lot of funny little like little encounters. What was your favorite little conversation? Oh, it's it's got to be the one where Fred and George come and ask for the owl. Okay, <laughs> it's got to be that one. Just the immediate response is very very funny. I always chuckle when I read that one. Yeah, Lila, what about you? What was your favorite little encounter? Um, I really like um. I like the G the Jeeves the Peeves moment in this book mm-hmm. as well. I thought that was hilarious. Um, and then I just really like um, I like when Hermione says, I, just, "I wrote boom next to it." Oh yeah. Oh, she says, uh, "You just said that to get rid of Neville." Oh, did I? Said Hermione, and her eyes flashed dangerously. Just because mm-hmm. it's taken you three years to notice, Ron, doesn't mean no one else has spotted I'm a girl. Yes. Bitch, what? Vicious. Okay. <laughs> Vicious. I was like, okay. It is the appropriate response. Yes, it is. I was just like, yes. Yes, Hermione. <laughs> um, I love the moment when Ron has just asked Fleur to the ball and he's in actual physical shock and Jenny is like tenderly <laughs> whispering to him. She's really like taking care of him in this moment. Really She's sweet. like, I, like, I get that. There. Yeah. You're, you're clearly traumatized. Like let's get through this. <laughs> that's, that's one thing that Rupert Grint in the film nailed where he walks through the portrait hole and he is, he is visibly <laughs> traumatized. Like, that is perfectly done. Yeah, he's a really good face actor. Yeah, he has the he has very funny expressions. Yeah, for sure. Well, are y'all ready to move on to plugs? Yeah, I think so. Sure. You got to respond verbally. It's a podcast. I would love to start by plugging our Patreon. This month's uh, Patreon bonus episode at our $5 and above tier covers uh, the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them movie. And it's a really fun episode where we get almost every single character's name right. So (laughs) um, definitely join us for that. Uh, Matt, do you want people to find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me on, I'm on Twitter, at Shaman Nomo. I'm sure that'll be spelled out in the description. Yes. Because- a lot of repeated letters a lot of letters (laughs) i'm gonna plug there's a a show on uh, cbs and you can watch episodes on paramount plus it's called be positive and they're currently airing their second season right now it's about the first season's about a a guy who uh, needs a kidney transplant reconnects with someone he knew from high school and they move in together so that she can get her body appropriately set up to do a transplant and wow. it's a it's a very fun, you know, very comedic, you know, living together stuff. In the oh. second season, she inherits and buys a retirement community. And so you get a lot of old old people, you know, with jokes that they make as old people where they're they're just halfway out the door and they know it. Yeah. <laughs> old people have a very particular print brand of humor. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Leela, where can people find you on the internet? Hello, I have been Leela. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Leels for Reels. And um, I would like to plug two different medias. Um, the first one is, <coughs> I know, such a pool breaker. Um, uh, the first one is um, a show on Netflix. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but um, it's called Dairy Girls. Um Mm-hmm. Um, dairy spelled D-E-R-R-Y, not like the cows. And mm-hmm. um, 
It's about the troubles in Ireland in the 90s, which is just kind of like this crazy, like 20 year long conflict between Catholics and Protestants that took place and got very violent, um, especially in Northern Ireland and especially in Derry, where the um, show is set. Um, it's just about actually um, just a group of teenage teenagers that all go to like a, a Catholic girls school and just cope living with their family. And it's just kind of, it's really interesting to see just these like very hilarious, shitty teenagers, um, Mm -hmm. just like living their life and getting into trouble, um, during this crazy climate that they were literally born into. Um, and the accents, I mean, you, you gotta subtitles or die. Like you you gotta subtitles because if you've not heard a Northern, (laughs) specifically Northern Irish accent before, it's like, it's like nothing you've ever heard. Um, yeah, that show, Sean and I find ourselves just like trying to repeat like almost every Every phrase out. Yeah. And it's like, it never works. It's hard. Um, I love that show. Highly recommend. Um, the other thing I would like to recommend is is a video game. What? Whoa. Um, it's called, um, it came out a really long time ago, actually. It's came out in 2015, and it's called Until Dawn. Have you guys heard of it? I have. Yeah? Okay, so it's, um, it's like, um, oh, I'm not good at describing what kind of games things are, but it's a horror, it's a horror game where basically um, I played it with Jason. So you play as each like point of view character. It's like a bunch of terrible teenagers that go to um, a lodge in the, on like a mountain in winter and like a terrible thing happens, like a, a mean prank happens and it like ensue a bunch of um, terrible things ensue, like resulting in the death of two of their friends. And for for some reason, the friend's brother, who's friends with all with the whole group, wants them to all come back for like a the year reunion for like one last big party. Like I know it's weird, but I miss my friends. Like let's live it up for my sisters. Um, and as you can um, might surmise, things do not go well. Um, but what's <laughs> cool about it is it's like a um, okay. What kind of game is that called, Matt? When you um as like the player can like basically decide the actions of the, is that every game? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not every game. Um, It sounds like an RPG. It's very similar to an RPG. Okay, yeah. So it's like that, um, but it's the whole point of it is like, it's all about the butterfly effect. So like, one if you choose one random action like like respond to their, your friend supportingly versus like respond to your friend in a scolding way it can like change you'll see like this butterfly thing go across the screen and it'll change Whoa. yeah it'll like change the effects of something so you can play a bunch of times there's like somewhat something like 258 like 258 different um like outcomes that can happen. That's bonkers. Yeah. That's so many. So it's really fun. Um, it's really it's really scary. Um, so I I recommend like playing it during the daytime. It was like a little mm-hmm. hard to sleep after, but um, mm-hmm. I also like couldn't stop thinking about it. It was really interesting and cool and fun. So highly recommend. Thank you. That's awesome. I've been your host, Christina. You know where to find me, and I have been unemployed this year so i've had the great pleasure of reading just like so many books so i'm gonna do the old roundup <laughs> um this week i finished listening to the audiobook of the seven husbands of evelyn hugo by taylor jenkins reed that's a very 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 beautiful book that i think you would really enjoy Leela. that's your next assignment okay. 
<laughs> um, and I also read Layover Land by Gabby Noon, which is a story about purgatory at like this shitty airport in the sky. <laughs> it's a very cool. It was a very cool concept book, and it lasted like just as long as I wanted it to, you know. And now I'm listening to the audiobook of um, Nothing to See Here by Kevin Wilson, which uh, is like a really wild concept, and I'm enjoying it a lot. And I'll report back next week with my final thoughts about it. All right. Yeah. So, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. It was really good to finally get you on the show. Yeah, thank you. And Leela, as always, thank you so much for being my co-pilot. Anytime, baby. All right, gang, I got to go finish reading Love in the Time of Voldemort (laughs) before this book makes a move on me. Bye. 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 The Restricted Section is delighted to be a member of the Movie Night Crew Podcast Network, featuring other amazing podcasts such as Content and Capable. Having recently become an adult, Sam is on a quest to find out how to actually be one. Each week, Sam asks people how they are content with their life and feel capable as a functioning adult in society. Hi, my name is Sam, and I've recently become an adult. But let's be honest, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. Like, can I still enjoy the kiddie rides at theme parks? And how do I look important and feel relaxed while traveling? Join me as I ask people how they are content with their life and feel capable as a functioning adult in society. Each Monday, myself and a guest will chat about a topic they feel passionate about and our adventures and struggles of being an adult in the real world. The Restricted Section was created by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Support us on patreon.com slash restricted section. For as little as a dollar a month, you can gain access to our Discord community server, which is a really happy place to be. And there are other rewards as well, such as bonus episodes and Zoom happy hour hangouts. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Restricted Section Pod, on Twitter at Restricted Pod, and on Facebook at Restricted Section Pod. Also, feel free to shoot us an email at restrictedsectionpod at gmail.com to share your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or even lavish praise. Lily, you're really good with the laugh karma. You know, you know that you want to get it back someday, so you always give me a good laugh. For sure. I, don't yeah. it. <laughs> I feel like I will always take people's pity laughs over silence <laughs> any day. So, but I'm not saying I'm pity laughing you. I'm <laughs> no, you're just wrong. like when you're like an artist and you're like are working with your friends in like an entertainment aspect, you have to you just have to be like really forthcoming with your laughter. You know, yes. you have to be in like a mindset where like people are going to say funny things to me and I'm going to laugh. Yeah, I just I'm I'm just a giggly person, you know, stuff Same. just cracks me up. Much like this chapter, you are giggly. Yes. <laughs> That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network.